Hello everyone, welcome back to the left page quarantine logs. In this second episode, I have already sort of laid out a couple of things that I want to talk about in this one and other two episodes, which this one I wanted to get out earlier, but uh, due to a couple of reasons I couldn't. But both this and the others should be coming out relatively soon. In any case, today I am not going to be talking about literature. Because, well, I have both a personal interest in what I'm going to be talking about, along with historical reasons and a pretty good criticism, I think, of, well, the TV show. And I'm actually current for once. So that's nice. Uh, I'm actually going to be talking about the recent CBS show Picard. So, I guess, better for forward, I'm a really big Trekkie. I've always been a pretty big fan of Star Trek. I've watched TOS a couple of times. I've watched The Next Generation whole more than once. Currently re-watching it so I can finally watch Deep Space Nine properly. I've watched a part of it but not all of it. And then Voyager which again I watched a part of but not all of it. And maybe then I'll watch Discovery. I'm on the fence about that one. haven't watched it yet and I've seen criticism from many different sides both people who have like yeah no I, I i'll consider their opinion as being pretty reasonable considering science fiction and star trek but i'm like mm, i don't know i just don't know well I'll, I'll, if i get to that we'll talk about it picard was one that's like okay it's patrick stewart again and it's the same universe so it's fairly simple i've watched all the movies and I remember most of them, but not all. So these are my <laughs> track credentials, really. We're going to be talking about a very specific point. And while there will absolutely and unavoidably be spoilers for Picard, I'm going to avoid certain plot details and stuff because they're not necessary to the point I'm going to make. I'm basically going to tell a bit of the story and present my perspective and what I believe is sort of problematic and then talk a bit about the writing more to closer to the end uh, on a point that the Polytrax Twitter already made and they, I saw it before I watched the final episode and I wholly agree because I felt the same thing but let's take it bit by bit this should again be about 20 something minutes so I'm not going to take too much of your time it's just I don't know, keep you company and keep myself company in this quarantine time. Quarantine time, I guess. So, Picard is, well, it is Patrick Stewart, Captain Picard, now Admiral after Next Generation, and a whole bunch of stuff we don't know about, uh, dealing with solving a mystery regarding his old friend, Lieutenant Commander Data, who was an android. And what apparently happened as he either directly or indirectly, well, there were other androids created based on data and his experience and memories. And due to a disaster and tragedy, which, as we learn on the series, was evidently sabotage, uh, all synthetics, as they're called, have been banned. And Picard comes into contact with one of them, discovers there's a twin, and goes after them to sort of give credence to these synthetics to find out where 
are the other synthetics because he is led to believe there are more and to give them credit and a participation and not be banned anymore so that's the basic narrative already spoiling a fair bit but that's the gist of it now here's the thing and here is where things start getting problematic and it's a narrative narrative that we've seen before uh to get an example black panther the recent movie does something similar We'll get to it when it becomes relevant. Okay, so basically, as we are led to believe, a group of the Romulans who are sort of opponents to the Federation, which are the good guys, and the Romulans have always been sort of the baddies and been in a sort of Cold War state with the Federation, and they, their secret police and the secret force in their secret police was definitely anti-synthetics, anti-androids, anti-artificial intelligence because of a sort of prophecy that he had found which most who saw it and or experienced it went mad and, well, uh, ended their own lives. This prophecy foretold that if artificial intelligence reached a certain point, a disaster would come, the end of worlds, the end of the galaxy, end of organic life, etc., etc. So, towards the end of the sh- of the season, uh, we find out that these uh, this prophecy they had was sort of twisted, but not really. But the idea was that it was a message for other synthetics who, once reached a certain evolutionary point, would contact these other synthetics who left this message, who were, became incredibly powerful, lived in a sort of different reality of pure machines and that would li- and that they would liberate them from the oppression of the organics inverted commas you you may you may have an idea where i'm getting at but i will make it clear once i've got it all out and <laughs> as it goes like the synthetics uh, sort of are faced with two different choices they either trust in picard or, and have him do like save them by summoning the federation and trusting him and his benevolence or they choose to commit galactic genocide by summoning these uh, machines who would destroy all organic life. So what is the point and what is the problem? And the introduction took a bit longer than I thought, but I don't think the argument will take that much time either. The point is, the androids are sort of defined with a single choice. They either trust in this external force who will give them permission to be alive, functioning, and exist again, or they will summon these others who are more like them, but that will commit galactic genocide. Now, 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 now. This narrative, other than the fact that it's, as I was thinking, quite familiar to Black Panther, in the way that, oh, they can either work with the other Earth and governments and sort of share technology and that position, or they can use it to sort of liberate themselves and f- force others who are oppressed in the way that Killmonger intended. Again, sort of slightly different way because one is sort of a more position of more radical violence and the other is genocide, but you know, there's a certain similarity there which I I find hard to ignore now that I think about it but other than that you have this independent marginalized oppressive group by organics who 
at one point were the creators, not really, it's ambiguous and varied, sort of difficult, but they either, well, choose an option which is blatantly monstrous or accept this help and this take this passive position, no, no, we'll trust you, you, you'll save us. Now, the problem is, this is very much the white savior narrative. The idea that, well, African-American populations or even, you know, African populations or just people of color, indigenous people as well, uh, need to be civilized, need to be guided, need to be protected, need to have some sort of tutelage some sort of special protection because, and okay, in this case it's more convincing because, okay, they're androids, but they are in their infancy, they are children. Now, 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 this is the exact, and in this case it is exact with the same words, that these other groups in our world need to be protected because they are children, because they are in their infancy of civilization. That is the common argument with indigenous peoples and with other African groups as well. That they are immature or they are naive or they're children or in their their civilizatory infancy. And as such, they need to be guarded and need to be protected and encouraged. The point being, it needs to be given to them. Their autonomy is something that is given to them and not something that, well, exists. It's not... The, the point is, and that is the leftist argument here, these groups in our world, and many others have said this in much better and more well-argumented ways than I will, at least for the moment, we don't need to give them anything. They have it. Who am I, and this is a matter of for example, oral history, for example. When we do oral history, when we document, when we do interviews, we don't give voice to anyone. Their voice is already theirs and they already have it. We don't need to give them anything. At the very least, we would amplify them. We would make it stronger, more powerful. We would give them a wider space. We are no one, and I am saying this as a white, cis, male, we are no one to give someone a voice, to give someone their autonomy, to give someone their independence or their own right to exist, to think or act. Theirs exists already. Their independence, their autonomy, their will, or rather their all of it, their autonomy is their own. The idea of national liberation, of, well, indigenous development, is that that is not something that is given. You don't give someone autonomy. That is a paternalistic way of looking at it. The idea is that these groups are autonomous. They have their own development. They have their own position. And that is not something that can be given. They have it. For they exist. For they are sentient beings. For they are beings who act. And yes, I'm going beyond just human beings. But it serves for the point of the argument I'm trying to make. Yes, these are beings who were created artificially, if you will. These are beings who are stronger than most human beings or organics, if you want to call them that. But the point is, their autonomy, their existence needs to be given to them. Because of these other larger empires, in the case of the Federation and the Romulan Empire. It is not something that they have inherently. 
in the way that the show puts it or the script leads us to think or create. Ultimately, it is the liberal position, the liberal paternalistic view that, no, we are going to help them. They need this help, they need this assistance. And, like, sure, I, I don't really see a problem with, like, a group trying to help them, but it does so at the cost, and especially the script does that in the show, at the cost of any and all autonomy. It creates a situation where they either choose genocide or they are passive. Simple as that. I found it really, really bothersome. Because what am I going to say? Am I going to say that, like, yeah, the whole show develops this marginalized, oppressed group as the synthetics, as this who have sentience, something that cannot be given to them. And that's sort of the whole point of Star Trek The Next Generation with Data. The episode, The Measure of a Man, which is one of the best there is, is the whole deal of, like, is Data property of the Federation? And the conclusion is, sorry to spoil it, but it's really, really good, and it's worth what I'm talking about, he is sentient. He is no property of anyone. <laughs> he makes his own decisions. And sure, he may be mature or naive or, you know, but he is himself. And the same will go for this group of synthetics, for these androids. They decide on their own terms. And the fact that the show portrays them with the choice from passivity and accepting the help of this outer force entirely, negating any and all agency they might have, or choosing the one way they see hope as that is just genocide, uh, the show gives them no choice, it's really problematic. It, it, it's upholds this colonialist view that no, the marginalized group need to be supported by the the friendly, by these other positive group, by the benevolent white man, by the white savior. That That's the connection I'm making. Hopefully I was fairly coherent in delivering this argument and this thing which I kept thinking about once I finished watching it yesterday, argued extensively with my father, and I'm now here delivering it at a more, hopefully more polished tone. I have no script at this, but I just wanted to talk about it, because I felt it very strongly, and I think that the analogy fits. There are limitations to it, sure, but they are clearly a group who are trying to develop. The the Yeah. Yeah, I, I just... I felt this inherently. I felt very much that the point... What I felt, ultimately and why I mentioned this liberalism, is that there is, they portray and they cannot, by their imagination, think of any other way to deal with the power and the independence and the autonomy of a marginalized and oppressed group than granting them that. It needs to be granted to them. It's not something they have. It needs to be given to them. They need to be protected. It needs to be this tutelage. This is the limit of their imagination, of their conscience. They cannot imagine anything else. And in that regard, that is the problem. Because all we see is that this is the only solution for them. To be guarded by these others. And it is not something they do on their own. It is all motivated by Picard and his benevolence. And his own experience to do all this. To go this far. That is where it all ends up. <laughs> 
so yeah i i think it is a really good show so far and i think it's got interesting questions but this this conclusion at the end it's just so bad because that's what we end up with we will end up with this colonialist perspective on this group that they cannot conquer themselves that they cannot fulfill their own autonomy but that they need to operate in this as subservient as grateful as protected and that and tutored so yeah that's that's why i don't really accept so yeah that's mostly my the point i wanted to make like presenting how regardless of it being a good and well produced show and even having a couple of problems which i thought about getting into but i, I think i'll pass just leave this single argument and single point that i want to develop here of this colonial perspective it has sort of script things about deus ex machina at the very end like the magical device that does everything and solves quite a few problems at the final hour so yeah that's that's not good writing mate that's not good writing all that being said listen listen to people of color listen to indigenous peoples listen listen let them speak and amplify their voices if you can you're not giving anyone a voice they already have it because they exist because they are they have their own autonomy it is nothing that someone or something else can give them to them it is something they have and as such we must always listen we must pay attention we must pay attention to groups like the IF and FAI the indigenous anarchist federation for example they are a group that does exactly that and many many others these are they are only the one that popped into my, my mind right now but the conclusions that listen pay attention to them they have throughout history acted by themselves and like any other group doing the best they can learning making mistakes but their autonomy their agency has always been there they are not and have never been passive subjects and they never will be so culture whatever product it may be that portrays them as any marginalized group as passive is reinforcing this white savior narrative that an outside force outside agent must grant them that agency that they need to be guarded and protected because they don't have it themselves that is the point so i've been frank thank you so much for listening to me hopefully it was engaging and interesting i had positive elements to it all and that my point sort of sticks i hope but thanks for keeping me company and hopefully i'm keeping you all company as well i should be up with more episodes soon and yeah we'll keep each other company that should be a full episode if not this week the following one for sure and we'll be in touch for sure thank you so much for listening until the next one